Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 217 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips to small business owners. I'm your host, Joe Casabona, and today we are continuing a small mini-series I started a few weeks ago about why certain people in certain industries should start a podcast. Now, back in episode 154, I will link that in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 217, I talk about why everybody should start a podcast. This was a kind of general point episode. It was just before the pandemic started and uh, it seemed like lots of people were going to get into podcasting in 2020. As we wade into 2021, I think that there are specific use cases and benefits for uh, people who I am looking forward to helping specifically. So certain niches or niches uh, that I believe I can help because I have strong experience in those areas. A few weeks ago, it was course creators and why course creators should start a podcast. And today it is why authors should start a podcast. And I'm an author myself. I've written five books, three, uh, four with actual publishers. So I guess I've written six books, four with actual publishers. And so I've been through the process a lot and uh, reluctantly with my most recent book, HTML and CSS, A Visual Quick Start Guide quick start guide. I actually didn't start a podcast where perhaps I should have. So we're going to get into all of that today. Uh, Our sponsors for today's episode are Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and MindSize. You'll hear about them later in the episode. But first, let's get to it. Now, again, in episode 154, I covered uh, all the reasons. It's called All the Reasons You Should Start a Podcast. And I rehashed them a little bit a few episodes ago. Uh, I think that was uh, episode 214 where I talked about why course creators should start a podcast. But uh, just the gist, it's easier than ever to start a podcast. Uh, You no longer need thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment for probably a hundred bucks. You can get up and running. You can get relatively cheap audio hosting. You can also get free audio hosting, but you can get relatively cheap audio hosting, which is what I would recommend. Uh, It's the next great content plane. It's where lots of people are going to get content because a podcast doesn't require you to sit in front of a screen and read. You can multitask while you listen to a podcast. You can do it while driving or commuting. Uh, You can do it while cleaning the house or mowing the lawn. And so it's a convenient form of content. And then it's a way to grow your business because it's a lot more intimate than other forms of content. People have your voice in their headphones while they're listening to a podcast. And it it allows your listeners to get to know you better. 
But those are the general points for why anyone should start a podcast. Why should authors start a podcast? And again, I I have experience here. I am an author. I've written a bunch of books. Uh, in fact, in the extended episode of Build Something More, which is the members only episode, I'm going to talk about what it's like or what it was like writing each of my books and the difference between publishing and self-publishing and why I didn't start a separate podcast for my books and, and things like that. And if you want to get that uh, that part of the episode, you can head over to buildsomething.club uh, and sign up. If uh, it, it is $5 a month or $50 a year for lots of extra content, uh, including what I'll be talking about today. So you're an author. You're writing a book or you've written a book and you want more people to buy it. Why should you start a podcast? Well, again, it's one of the best ways to establish trust. If people are buying educational content from you, like a book, like a course, uh, then people need to know, like, and trust you before they buy. Now, a book is a little bit easier, especially if you're going through a an actual publisher. The book might be on the bookshelves, and so people going to bookstores, as people start to do that more, might just happen across your title and pick it up. But if they're perusing Amazon, why should they buy your book over this other book? My most recent book got a few bad reviews because there was a miscommunication as to uh, an, an extra part of the book, right? My book is the ninth edition. Uh, it's about half the size maybe of the eighth edition, but there's also like 40 videos that come free for, for anybody who buys the book. And those videos, because it's an HTML and CSS course, are invaluable, right? I, in the book, I teach the general information, the semantics, the markup. But in the videos, you actually get to see what happens when you write some code. And that is a giant value add that maybe the people who left the bad reviews didn't know about. And when you get a bad review, as I talked with Michael Begg about in episode 208, uh, if you get a bad review, it's hard to come back from that. And so how do you combat that? Well, if you have a podcast where people will know, like, and trust you, and they understand that generally people like to leave bad reviews more than good reviews, uh, maybe they'll be more likely to buy your book because they know who you are. They don't know who the the commenter is, but they know you and they know what you're talking about. Similarly, it will help you establish authority in your subject matter, right? If, uh, again, if we just take the example of HTML and CSS, maybe I should have started a separate HTML and CSS podcast. It's not too late. Uh, the book came out less than a year ago and we're coming up to a point where teachers will start evaluating what books they want to use in the classroom. So maybe I start a podcast called, I don't know, HTML and CSS Bytes or something like that. I'm brainstorming right on the show. I should write this down though. That's probably a good idea. Uh, and it will, if, if you have that podcast and you're putting out episodes and you're teaching the thing that you teach in the book, or if you wrote, and, and I should say that this is mostly nonfiction that I'm talking about here. Uh, if you write a fiction book, you can, we'll get into things that you can do with a fiction book. But 
if if it's a knowledge worker book, if it's a business book, a nonfiction book, uh, then you can take those topics and repurpose them and talk about them on your podcast. And I know what you're thinking here. Uh, am I giving away uh, the shop, right? If I start a podcast about what my book's about, am I giving away the shop? And here's the thing. No, right? Because maybe maybe chapter 10 of your book is relevant for your most recent podcast episode, right? Um, if I Again, if I pick uh, an, an example, uh, chapter 19 in my book is about CSS preprocessors. Maybe news just broke that a new CSS preprocessor is coming out and I want to talk about it. So I can use some of the content from my book for that. But unless you already know CSS, the CSS preprocessor uh, conversation will be out of context. Your book puts everything in context. So your podcast will help show people, hey, I know what I'm talking about. If you want to know more about what I'm talking about, then buy my book. And that comes, uh, that is uh, up next, right? What is your call to action on your podcast? Uh, and and that's something really important to talk about. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit, and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team, and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me, and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now... They are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. And so your call to action is very clear. It's buy my book. My call to action on this podcast has been join my mailing list, pretty much, right? I've been working in the, the membership call to action. But if you're starting a podcast where you want people to buy your book, super easy, right? Hey, you like what I'm talking about? You want to learn more about what I'm talking about? Go to how I built dot it slash book and buy my book. Uh, and then you can get even more and mention that you heard about it on this podcast and I'll give you a shout out. Or uh, if you, 
email me a receipt from the book and say that you bought it because of this podcast, I'll send you a bonus audiobook or something like that, right? So the, your call to action day in and day out will be buy my book and people will hear that every time, buy my book. All right. Well, this episode really made me want to buy the book, so I'm going to do that. Um, and again, to get people to buy the book, you can include, uh, you can incentivize them a little bit or you can, for the podcast, include bonus materials that didn't make it into the book, right? The editing process is long and hard, and there are a lot of things that maybe you thought about including in the book, but uh, because of time constraints or because of other constraints, you maybe decided not to talk about those things. Maybe it wasn't relevant to the final edition of the book. A really good example from the HTML and CSS book that I wrote uh, is I had a section maybe on uh, doing mock-ups, right? And why you might want to do mock-ups and how they can help you. But when I wrote the outline and then started to write the chapters, I realized this is this is not a how-to-design-websites book. This is a book uh, about HTML and CSS. And so the mock-up section not super relevant, right? Another thing that I have in my mind map is uh, linters and JavaScript libraries, static site generators, right? And those are things that as a web developer, you might want to know. But if we're trying to fit everything for HTML and CSS into 400 pages or so, uh, then some things had to go. And that was those two topics, those three topics had to go. And so I have a lot of stuff here in this mind map that I can talk about on the podcast. So at, in your writing journey, uh, be sure to keep notes about things that do or do not make it into the final product. And that's stuff that you can then share with your audience in a different way. And again, you can Take it out of context and then tell the listeners, hey, if you want all of this in context, today's episode goes really well with chapter five. So buy my book, take a look at chapter five, you'll get even more out of it. Or now chapter five will have even more meaning to you, right? Uh, and, and along with that, uh, you can also share your journey through the book writing process, right? So Include the bonus materials that didn't make it, but also talk about the process in general, right? And this is, when I was writing my book, um, I'm going to make a just a gigantic excuse here. Uh, and so I'm going to steal this excuse from you, right? Uh, this is not a good excuse. Uh, while I was writing my book, um, I was doing a lot of other things as well. I wasn't as cognizant as I could have been in preparing for the marketing of the book. Um, and so I, I didn't pay super close attention to all of that. I just wanted to get it done, especially because I was supposed to be wrapping up as the pandemic started and the pandemic pushed uh, the, the process back a little bit. So by the time we were, by the time I was ready to publish, I was pr pretty much at my wits end with everything. And I just, I, I just wanted to get it out the door, but 
if you're writing your book right now or you took better notes than I did about your book, uh, then share your journey. Talk about the research you did. Talk about the apps and tools that you used. You know, did you, I used MindNode for mind mapping. Did you mind map or did you draw it all out on a whiteboard? What did you use to write the book? I wrote a lot of my book in Ulysses, which is a fantastic writing app, but then I did have to move it over to uh, my publisher's template in Microsoft Word. Uh, how's editing going, right? Editors can be brutal and they need to be. My editor was brutal and I'm grateful for it because I have a much better book now. But talk about how editing is going. What's something that maybe got pointed out to you in the editing process that made your, your book better? Talk about other behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, cover design, image creation. If you're self-publishing, how's that going? What kind of research are you doing for self-publishing? Are you going to put it on Amazon or, uh, with Kindle uh, Publishers Direct? Or are you going to use something else? Uh, and then you can get early feedback as well, right? It, maybe if I had a dedicated podcast for my book, I could have talked about the things I covered in, say, chapter three uh, and then gotten feedback from listeners. Is, this, is there anything I'm not covering here that you want to see? Is there anything unclear? Wh what else can I do to make this chapter better? Uh, and then all of this... Um, will, again, make people feel more attached to the book. You're going to be talking about this behind-the-scenes stuff. They're going to want to know what the final product looks like. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast-paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or anyplace else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. 
If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. Your podcast will also help you leverage your book's audience. Uh, so people who buy the book, right? And I should say, if it's not too late, mention your podcast in the book too. This could be a two-way street, but it could help you leverage your book's audience to join your mailing list, to get other products, to join your community, right? So you're, up until this point, I've kind of talked about the podcast as being a way to get more people to buy your book. But it could also help connect with the people who've bought the book already because that's hard, right? If you are an author, uh, especially if you go through a publisher, then you know that you don't get direct access to all the customer's information. Heck, the publisher might not even get direct access to all the the customer's information. My publisher, uh, you know, sells to bookstores. You think Barnes and Noble is giving my publisher a list of all the people who bought my book that day? They're probably not. So my publisher doesn't even have all the information. And then certainly, uh, unless there are very intense disclosures, they wouldn't pass that along to me either. That's why you see a lot of authors say, hey, download the bonus materials at my website.com slash book or book.com slash bonus or whatever. Because that's how they are connecting with their audience. That's how they're getting their audience email addresses, right? But if you have a podcast and you say, hey, listen to my podcast. If you want even more content around this, this topic, listen to my podcast. From there, you can get them to join your mailing list. You can get other products to them. You can get them to join your community. Imagine having a community of people who've read your book and talk about the book. You can engage much more with your audience on your book-related podcast. Or even if you write like a book, if, if maybe you're James Patterson and you write like four books a year, you get to talk about those books more. You get to talk about the process more, but you get to engage with your audience more than with a book, right? You, as the author, you write a book, people read your words, and unless they really want to take action and email you, uh, you're probably not going to hear from most of those people. Now, maybe you do. At a conference, people have walked up to me and they've told me like my book helped them become a WordPress developer. And that is just such a rewarding feeling. But that that's few and far between, right? It's certainly fewer than the number of people who bought the book. But again, if you have your uh, your podcast, you're talking about your book and bonus materials, now you can engage with your audience more. You can ask them to write in on today's topic or a topic that they want to hear about. Uh, the other thing with that, right, is you can uh, you can go deeper on topics, right, or you can update topics. With the HTML and CSS book, right, CSS has a new text-based proposal uh, that came out recently, several months after my book is published. So if I, again, if I have this HTML and CSS podcast, I'm kind of convincing myself to start one. Uh, I can share updates on that stuff. I can share errata, 
right? I can have like an errata episode where, hey, in this part of the book, I hope, hopefully I wouldn't have too many of those. Hopefully you wouldn't have too many of those, but things happen, things change, right? So you can share updates, errata, and current events related to the book, right? If you have an SEO book or a digital advertising book, that's a good example. If you have a book on how to leverage digital ads that's out, uh, you probably wouldn't have written about Google's flock, right? Which is like federated learning of cohorts or something like that. So you can have a podcast episode about that and then relate it back to the content in your book. So it, it makes your podcast a lot, or it, it makes your book content a lot more dynamic. It makes it living, right? Especially if it's a printed book as well as a digital book. But even if it's a digital book, how often are you going back to that well to update your book when there are updates? Ideally, your book should be passive income. People buy your book, they get knowledge out of it. But the podcast can be that outlet for updates, errata, current events, and things like that. So what, what do we have so far? Why, as you, the author, should you start a podcast? It'll help people establish trust in you. It'll get them to know, like, and trust you. It'll establish you as an authority in the subject matter your book is about. You can have a very clear call to action by my book. Now, in lieu of what we just talked about, maybe the call to action is uh, join my mailing list. And in your onboarding sequence, say, have you bought the book already? And then you can segment your people that way. And then for people who haven't bought the book, you can market the book to them. But for people who have bought the book, you can share behind the scenes stuff. You can include bonus materials that didn't make it into the book in your podcast. You can share your journey through the book writing process. Again, this, this helps people become attached to you and like you even more. You're sharing a process that lots of people are excited about or are at least interested about. I get tons of questions. What's it like writing a book? Did you publish or did you, sell, did you go through a publisher? Or did you self-publish? What was that like? So that's really good content, not just for the people who want to buy your book and your target audience, but in general. You can, so you can share your journey. It'll help you leverage your book's audience and connect with them more. And it'll help you kind of pseudo update the book as, as time goes on. This episode is brought to you by MindSize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where MindSize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e-commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip-top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. 
Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out MindSize over at MindSize.com today. They will help you make more money, whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's MindSize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to MindSize for supporting the show. So that's a bunch of stuff that we just talked about. But it can help you without being directly related to your book too, right? I mean, yes. It can help you because people will, more people will buy your book. You're putting a voice to the words. I think that's really important. Uh, you can engage with your audience more because people who are buying your book uh, might listen to your podcast then, or people who are listening to your podcast can buy your book. Either way, that's two contact points for a single audience member. Get them on your mailing list and then you can ask them direct questions. What did you like about the book? What didn't you like about the book? What do you want me to cover on the podcast that you think I should have elaborated more about in the book? Or I just finished chapter four. Here's what I cover. Am I? Do you think I'm missing anything? Or is there something that's unclear? But then you can also book more speaking gigs, right? Because here's a dirty little secret. Uh, royalties, writing a book is probably not going to make you rich. I mean, unless you're like James Patterson or J.K. Rowling, um, especially in a nonfiction title, right? That's why every business book you read uh, constantly promotes whatever service is related to the book they wrote, right? Uh, hey, we just talked about this in chapter five. If you're trying to do this and you're having trouble, hire one of our experts, right? And that's like, I mean, that's fine within reason. I read like an 80 page book recently uh, where he promoted it like every five pages. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to hire you. You you only wrote this book to promote your services. It's not really helpful. Um, But anyway, you can book more speaking gigs, right? That is something that pays pretty well uh, if you find the right conferences. And the more people buy your book, the more clout you get. Uh, and then the more speaking gigs that you have, right? And if people are listening to you speak on your podcast, they know your cadence. They know the kind of content that they're going to get. So it's, I mean, your podcast can be an audition kind of for speaking gigs. So all of these things put together, I think that a podcast can not only help you sell more copies of your book, but it could help you create super fans for your book because you're giving them a lot of extras that they wouldn't otherwise get. So people will buy your book. People who bought your book will listen to your podcast and they'll learn more about you. Maybe if it is a nonfiction book and you do have consulting services, you can offer them. I know like my, my books that I usually write are specific, uh, specifically written for the classroom. And so maybe uh, teachers will listen to the podcast and they'll pick up my book 
so that they can teach it to their students. Maybe I get a guest lecturer gig, things like that. So that's that's everything that I have for why authors should start a podcast. Oh, and I should mention this really quick, actually. Um, friend of the show, Brittany Lynn, uh, from uh, U- Human Connection Agency and the Human Connection Podcast, had a really good episode um, about PR for authors and how and when authors should start promoting their book. And I was shocked. I think she said, I want to say six months, six months before. Uh, for a course launch, they usually say eight weeks, but you want to start the, you want to, you want to start the merry-go-round of book promotion. Um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I will, I will link the episode in the show notes over at how I built it slash two, six, uh, two seventeen. Um, but it was a very, it was a longer lead time than I expected. I want to say six months. So if you start a podcast while you're writing the book, that is a built-in marketing channel for you because you're starting the book, you're doing it out in the open, which people, people love behind the scenes stuff. You are maybe getting real-time feedback as much as your publisher will allow. Or again, if you are self-publishing, you're just doing it in the open. You're generating buzz. Throw up that pre-order page and start getting orders. And then when it comes out, you have a big launch episode. And then you continue creating great content. And that'll open up a lot of opportunities for you. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Text Expander Mind Size and Restrict Content Pro for sponsoring the show. If you liked this episode, head over to howibuilt.it slash 217 and join the mailing list. Maybe join the Build Something Club right after I end this. I'm going to talk behind the scenes of my books, all of the books I've written and what the process was like publishing versus self-publishing. I feel like this was a, a cathartic episode for me, though. Uh, gave me some ideas for why I should, even though my book's been on the shelves for about six months, uh, why I should start a podcast for that book. So maybe I should eat my own dog food. Let me know if you're an author. Um, write in. Uh, you can do that over at howibuilt.it slash 217 as well. Uh, if, if you got any good ideas or if you're looking for help promoting your book. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Mm